0: Hello, friends. Welcome to Fit Legally. My name is Rachel Brinke. I am the head athlete, photographer, lawyer, everything over here at Fit Legally, the legal resource for fitness businesses. And, oh, we have been bombarded, and I love it. I absolutely love that you all come to Fit Lately as a place to get the information to help protect your fitness business. Whether you are a brick and mortar fitness gym, or you're doing online training, or you're in the wellness field or nutrition coaching, that is what we are here for. If it's connected to athletic sports, I mean, I know I talk a lot about triathlon and running because that's what I do, but we have a lot for like CrossFit style, personal training, any other type. of sports-related fitness business, that is what we are here for. My little disclaimer before we dig into this is I am an attorney, but I'm not your attorney unless you want me to be. And actually, Don't tell my other clients, but my fitness clients are some of my absolute favorite because not only do I get to help you protect your fitness business so that you can focus on your clients and your family and your own fitness journey and not have to worry about the legal stuff, but then I also get the inside scoop on who's buying who, who's doing what, and all the new things that are coming on board in the fitness industry, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Now, one of the top questions that we have had recently, and we've created, an entire contract bundle at fitlegally.com for it, but I wanted to walk through is having a virtual fitness business. So whether you are someone that has had a brick and mortar business and you had to pivot during pandemic, pivots, pivot, like on friends. um, If you had to pivot during pandemic in order to replace your in-person fitness business with online type training classes, membership um, courses, that kind of stuff, or you've always wanted to do virtual it's what one I'm here for. This is I'm here to help you with, right? And the people that I'm really primarily looking to help are those that you are building this from the ground up, right? You're, you may be an affiliate of like CrossFit or Burn Boot Camp or one of those other type of uh, facilities, but for the most part, you are trying to build your own way and grab your own piece of the entrepreneurship pie, which I absolutely love. Not only am I an attorney, an athlete, but I'm also an MBA. I have multiple businesses and I'm a mom of five and so my advice to you is going to be very quick and to the point after I get through all this little checklist I have for you for getting your virtual business legal, but it's not from a place of me as a lawyer sitting in my ivory tower saying, you need to have this, this, and this, pay me all this money. No, I want you all to have this guideline, and this is what Fit Legally is for, is to have the guidance so that every time that you go out to do something, you can be focused on your business and getting new clients and making money and living life and maybe your own fitness journey and not having to worry about the legal stuff because the reality is when not if, when a legal issue happens, who is really the only ones that win? It's the lawyers, and we don't want that. And you end up spending so much more time, money, and energy when a problem happens, not if. And so this is what we want to look at preventing. We want to ensure that everything is gonna be on the up and up. So now, keep in mind, this is primarily for virtual-based businesses, but there are some similarities if you are a brick and mortar business. All right, so let's just dig right in. I've got Four or five different specific categories I want you to think about and I'm putting them in phased um, chronological phase of importance really uh, we want to start obviously with any like services type contracts so if you're doing it online it can either be a live format you can be doing pre-recorded videos You could be sketching out training plans, like loading it into training peaks or some of those other systems available. Whatever it is that you are distributing your wonderful fitness knowledge and you're guiding an athletes, because if you move your body and you engage in fitness, you're an athlete. We're all athletes, right? And so you want to have a services contract that's going to outline between the two of you, the relationship between you, whether you're a coach or whatever term you identify with, and with the athlete that you are working with. This Going to create the legal relationship and this is really the cornerstone and honestly this document is probably one of the most overlooked ones that i see in the fitness industry and it blows my mind right so many people do think about like release of liability which we're going to talk about in a second then they kind of really stop there they don't really do much else and they think that just relying on one little simple release of liability is going to protect them well from a liability standpoint right maybe but think about it What services are you providing? You know, you're doing coaching. What medium are you doing it? How much do you wanna be paid for for it? When do you wanna be paid for for that? What if the athlete quits paying you for that? What are you gonna do? What if there's an issue, you know? We wanna outline all of this. So it's gonna be like that core like services contract, so incredibly important. Again, whether it's gonna be live format or you're doing classes, maybe it's membership style, that's still services. We want to boil all of this down in there and not even just the specifics that I talked about, but we want to have legal miscellany, right? If there's a problem, well, I shouldn't even say if because I've already said it earlier, but when there's a problem, this contract is going to help govern that dispute resolution for you. And this is only a worst case, right? We don't want to utilize the services contract to like bang our clients over the head with, get our athletes in the door and feel like they're beholden to us. We wanted to really comfortably outline to the athlete, here's how the relationship is going to work, here's how we're both protected, but also it's here and this is the baseline if we have a problem later on down the line because it's when you have a problem, not if, All right? So the two main, um, contracts in phase one we want to have is going to be like that services contract and then also the release of liability. And I've done another episode about kind of like the, uh, liability protection triangle and I talk about your entity type like LLC or corporation, your, um, your liability insurance, but then also in your contracts. And this, that really, this phase one of like services contract and release of liability form are the two of that legal triad. That one part of that legal triad that I'm referring to. We want to have all of these hurdles and measures in place to protect us because let's be real, we are running a fitness business. We are telling people how to move their body. These people have all different sorts of physical capabilities or restrictions or elements, and you're responsible to a degree what happens to that athlete when they engage in the activity, and that's kind of where we all come together, also with the release of liability form, and then also at Fit Legally, you know, we have these contracts for instant download, or you can take this information to a local attorney. But we also include in there like an intake questionnaire, so you, as the coach or the fitness trainer can understand like the um, activity level of your of your athlete, you know, what are what are their expectations? What are their um, the, the nuances? What are what is their physicality like, right? So you're able to help guide that. So phase one of what you need for your virtual fitness business is going to be the online or in person services contract and then also release of liability. If you do nothing else on this list, if you click away and don't listen to anything more, those are the two I want you to absolutely have. We have it easily as a starter bundle on the website or guess, what? Don't want to use me? That's okay. Go and take and copy and paste my description and take it to your local lawyer. Whatever is going to work for you, I just want you to get protected because inevitably someone will get hurt or there'll be miscommunication, a problem will come up and we don't want to deal with it. We want to be focused on our business. Now level two, uh, phase two, I guess if you will, of the documents we want to look at having is going to be our marketing. Right? Almost every single one of us in a fitness business is going to have a website and social media presence. If you have a website, you're also probably going to be doing advertising using Google Analytics. You've got the cookies and the pixels tracking there. You may have Facebook pixels, and you're probably also going to have a contact form and have your clients and potential clients submitting information on your website. So we want to make sure that we have website terms and privacy policy, you know, governing the relationship between you and the visitors of the website, and especially those that are submitting personal information to you. Keep in mind, this is not a negotiable. Privacy policies are becoming almost required by many states, which is so funny because a lot, of, there are some services that like, they're not required in any state to have certain kind of contracts, but because the governments, all of the governments here in the United States are cracking down, actually you even see it in Europe uh, with the GDPR Requirements General Data Protection Regulation Act a couple years ago, uh, we are seeing a real crackdown in consumer protection of um, consumers' personal information. So that includes these people simply coming onto your website, what the actions they're doing are being tracked by google analytics or facebook pixels google ad pixels all of that and the government is cracking down to say hey businesses you need to start telling your people that this stuff is being tracked how you're tracking it how you're storing what you're doing and you do that with your website terms and privacy policy and many states are starting to require the privacy policy Second major document that you have in this phase two, which is the marketing phase, is having what's called a model release and permission to, or essentially permission to post the photo. Because what I'm seeing happens a lot, and and I know this is mostly for virtual businesses, but it could happen to, For in person, you take a behind the scenes photo or your client is sending you before and after pictures and you throw it up on your Instagram because you want to attract other athletes or clients to see um, the strength that they've gained, the weight that they've lost, how the PR that they've made, but the reality is every single one of your athletes, every single one of your clients has what's called a publicity right. And it's also going to vary by state, but it is a right that each person has to control the use of their likeness in marketing, which is what you would be doing. If you're sticking a before and after photo, a behind the scenes photo or anything like that onto social media or onto your website, into your newsletter, that's in furtherance of potential, um, commercial gain that is marketing. And so you need to have a model release, which is a very specific permission from the client to allow you to utilize their face in marketing now and also if they're the ones that took the photos you may need permission for the use of the photo because we have copywriting implications there as well we have two more phases to quickly go through the third one is it's gonna be employer which don't click away if you're someone that's thinking well I'm not an employer at some point especially running a virtual fitness business you're gonna run into that you're gonna need help and whether that's having a virtual assistant if it's having um, an executive assistant, a social media manager, anything like that, you're going to be an employer at some point. And so just like with services between you and your client, you want to have a services contract that is between you and this employee or independent contractor that you have in your business. So we want to have that services document in place, but then we don't want to just stop there. A lot of people will do, the leaders hire someone, they'll use no terms, which is not good. Um, Everything is just willy nilly at that point. Or they'll ignore the next three things that I'm going to bring up. All right, if you're having someone come in, let's take for example, you're gonna have a virtual assistant, they may be helping to manage social media, they have contact with your contact list, your client list, your client's data, maybe your email list, Um, you want to ensure that you're protecting all of that. So we want to have confidentiality information in there, we want to bind, this virtual assistant or whoever you're hiring to not compete against you, um, to not solicit your existing clients and everything that you have. Um, And also, if they're creating content for your business, you want to ensure that you own all the content, so intellectual property acknowledgement. So real quick on that, under employer, having a services document, confidentiality, non-solicit, non-compete, and then the intellectual property acknowledgement. So just keep that in mind. You may be not at that place yet, but start thinking that it is an investment when it's time to start hiring people to help you in your virtual fitness business. And phase four, which is even, it's kind of more of an arbitrary phase. It's all that's going on Right now, with COVID, there are extra documents and things I think you guys need to keep in mind. We do have a very specific COVID page over at Fit Legally, fitlegally.com forward slash COVID. And on there, we have like a shutdown and reopening guide if you need to utilize that, depending on where you are, but also a very COVID specific release of liability waiver. This is clients understanding that we're in a pandemic they are gonna release you of liability, they understand what your safety measures are, and, and um, your sa- yeah, your safety measures that you're taking, the, the protection measures, social distancing, all that kind of stuff, but it's also putting on them to be able to inform you if they've been in contact with a known person. We've seen this by now, right? We've seen a lot of this information, but we've boiled it all down into one legal document for you to have. And I think it's incredibly important if you're doing in-person. I know for online, this is probably not as important um, probably don't need it at all. But I just wanted to throw that out there if you're someone that has maybe your primary virtual base and you do one-off in-person, that is something to think about. All right, so that is pretty much it. That's a quick and dirty checklist of all the legal documents you need to have for an online virtual business. I am actually going to do a part two of this probably next week. I want to get into the legalities of marketing your fitness business online. So phase two, where I talked about the website terms of privacy policy as well as model release. We'll dig down into that a bit more. Federal Trade Commission consumer protection laws are on the uptick. And so I want all of you, especially in the fitness business, there is crack down on us, make sure that we're marketing properly so that we can be focused on our business and not having to deal with the government or any other issues. If you guys have any questions at all, please feel free to reach out to me. Again, my name is Rachel Pranke. I'm from fitlegalia.com, the legal resource for fitness professionals. Good luck, guys, and stay well.